You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. Today is Wednesday, April 21st, and man, if you are not on the Gonzaga baseball train by now, you better hop on soon. They won again on Tuesday, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Today on the show, we'll recap that game, and then we're going to hit a couple quick basketball pieces of news. Then we're going to continue our player reviews. Today, we've got Dominic Harris, and we've got Kaylin Trong. On a personal note, I just want to say uh, thank you for the support so far for this podcast. We just hit the one-month anniversary of Locked on Zags, and the amount of support has really just been unbelievable. Uh, we've hit nearly 12,000 downloads in a month uh, already, which is just insane to me. Uh, and I know the off-season is not the most exciting thing in the world, but I really do appreciate you all sticking with me here as we approach the summer, and we'll have some good stuff come up over the summer as we lead into next season. Okay, on to the news and notes for today. As I said, Gonzaga Baseball, they won again. They won in Seattle. They beat UW 3 to nothing on the road. Alec Gomez got the win. He pitched seven brilliant innings, gave up just one hit, struck out five, Gabriel Hughes hit a solo homer in the fourth inning. Gonzaga wins the game 3-0, and they improve to 23-13 overall. They're 11-4 in the WCC. They've won 11 of their last 14 games. Entering the day, they were 24th in the RPI, which is by far the highest-ranked WCC team. So for those that don't know how the baseball playoffs work, let me explain. There is 64 teams, just like the NCAA men's basketball tournament. It's pretty much the exact same thing. There's 31 conference champions. uh, They get the auto berths. And then there's 33 teams that receive at-large bids. So at the very least, Gonzaga, in all likelihood, is going to make the NCAA tournament, whether they win the WCC or not, um, just based on their RPI. They've put themselves in a really good position to make the tournament. So what happens once they make the tournament is that there's regionals. And in regionals, those 64 teams get split into 16 four-team brackets. And each of those four-team brackets is seeded one through four. One plays four, two plays three, and they play a double elimination bracket with those four teams. The winner of those double elimination brackets, there's 16 of them, those 16 winners will then go to super regionals. And in those super regionals, Those 16 teams get paired up, eight pairs of two, and they play a best of three series. Those eight winners then go to Omaha and play in the actual College World Series where they're split into, uh, again, two, four-team double elimination brackets. The winner of those two, four-team double elimination brackets face each other in the College World Series final in a best of three series. I know it's all very confusing, but it starts with regionals, which Gonzaga has never gotten out of and gotten to a super regional uh, since they expanded this tournament. Gonzaga as a team has only been to the NCAA tournament three times since 1981. They went in 2009, they went in 2016, and they went again in 2018. 2018 
was a heartbreaker. They were three seed in their in their regional. They're facing the two seed UCLA squad. Had a five to two lead heading into the bottom of the ninth, and they had one of the best closers in all of America and Casey Legamina on the mound. UCLA scored four runs in the bottom of that ninth inning, and that put Gonzaga into the losers bracket of that regional, and they couldn't climb their way back out of that. So um, Gonzaga has not been to a super regional since they expanded the field uh, in the 80s and 90s. So it's very possible that they've got a shot to do that for the first time in school history. Um, They're on a good track right now. Like I said, they've won 11 of their last 14 games. They host BYU in a three-game series this weekend. And now on to some basketball stuff. There was a really good article that I just wanted to highlight. It came out in The Athletic this morning uh, that Dana O'Neill wrote. And... There's a couple things. She talked to Mark Few just about everything that's been going on since the national championship and a little bit about the national championship itself. And there's two things that I wanted to say. Um, One was his quote about kind of, uh, you know, the difference between winning and losing that game and the kind of the narratives that have been coming out of it. This is what Mark Few said uh, to Dane O'Neill. Quote, in 40 minutes, you can't go from people saying you were the greatest team ever to now whatever they're saying. I never bought into the greatest ever, and I'm not going to buy into the, oh my God, what happened? We're all good. The program reigns supreme, end quote. And then he went on to talk about the Baylor game itself and how Baylor just played angry. Like they were just pissed off the entire game. He said it was the most physical game that Gonzaga's played in at least five years, and they just simply were not prepared for it, um, which I thought was really, really interesting. I think the uh, biggest piece of actual news that came out of the article is that uh, Mark Few said Andrew Nemhard is returning next season. So at at this point, I don't even think he's going to put his name into the NBA draft. I think Andrew Nemhard is simply just going to return and be the point guard next year. And then on the Drew Timmy front, he said that uh, Drew is still weighing his options, but by all accounts, it still sounds like Timmy will be back next year, whether he... uh, you know, kind of test the waters or not, it still remain to be seen. But I expect Timmy to be in Spokane uh, in the fall for the start of the season. In transfer portal news, there's two guys out there. Another one popped up uh, yesterday. The first one we talked about slightly at the end of yesterday's program, and that's Mike Nuga. Again, he was a two-year community college player, played a year at Portland State, redshirted when he transferred to Kent State. And then uh, averaged 18 points, five rebounds at Kent State, and he shot 40% from deep. I really do think that is a guy to keep an eye on, um, just based on who he is and who Gonzaga has had in the past. I mean, he is the kind of that perfect fourth guard for them. But another one popped up that Gonzaga has contacted, and that's Devonte Jones, who was the Sun Belt Player of the Year this year. He has started 77 games for Coastal Carolina the last three years. And he's averaged across those three seasons, averaged 17 points, six rebounds, four assists, and two steals. He's a 6'1 guard, 200 pounds. So he's he's a little shorter, but he's got a good size. He's a big kid. He's not the best shooter. Uh, He shot 37% this year, which was by far the best that he shot over his three seasons. Uh, But he's a great rebounding guard. He can distribute a little bit, and he's a good defender. I don't think he is going to look to be a fourth guard in a system. I would imagine he probably goes to a different school where he can get a little bit more playing time. But I do think Mike Nuga would be a really, really good fit if that's the way that they ended up going. 
And then the last piece of news I want to talk about is that Joe Lenardi released his latest bracketology for the 2022 NCAA tournament, and he has Gonzaga as the top overall seed. They'll be facing, they would face the winner of Auburn, Virginia in the second round. Ohio State is their two seed. The West region next year is going to be played in San Francisco at the uh, Warriors' new arena down in the Bay Area. The interesting thing is that he's got St. Mary's as one of the last four in, and he's got BYU as one of the last four out. I was on Larry Weir's podcast yesterday, the Press Box podcast, if you want to go check that out. And we talked a lot about uh, kind of the WCC power rankings right now and where everybody stands. And I said St. Mary's is likely the number two team in the WCC right now, followed by LMU at number three. BYU is a total wild card because I just don't think they have any proven guards on the roster right now. Brandon Averett is gone. Alex Barcelo has not said if he is going to return or not, and they have struck out on all the transfer guards that they've been looking at in the portal. So for them to be a first four out team right now is giving them a large benefit of the doubt because I'm not sure they're even a, a top four team in the WCC currently. So Interesting stuff from uh, Joe Lenardi, but Gonzaga, the top overall seed, which I think is uh, a possibility. He's also got UCLA, Kansas, and Alabama as the three other number one seeds in the extremely, extremely early 2022 bracketology. All right, coming up, we are going to continue our player reviews from the 2020-2021 season with thoughts on Dominic Harris, the mastermind behind the Tricky Trio, and now Chet Holmgren. All four of them were at Craziness in the Kennel two years ago, and now all four of them will be in a Gonzaga jersey at some point in time, which is absolutely insane. Harris showed a lot of flashes of brilliance on the court this season, and obviously he is going to be looking to break out next year. So I'll give some thoughts on Dominic Harris here in just a second. But first, a minute to talk about everybody's favorite protein bar. That is Built Bar, of course. We've been telling you about it. The best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. It's even perfect for keto diets. There are over 20 amazing flavors, including peanut butter, caramel brownie, banana bread, cookies and cream, and many more. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy, too. They are great for the health-conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Cookies and Cream Bar, for example, has 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Hey, football fans, this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft coming April 29th through May 1st. If it feels like Dominic Harris has been part of the Gonzaga family forever, it's because he has. He committed back in 2018, nearly four years ago. He was a top 70 recruit coming out of Rancho Christian last year where he played with Evan Mobley. And when he was there in his senior season, he helped lead Rancho Christian 
to a win over Sierra Canyon, uh, who was kind of a super team at the time. We had B.J. Boston, who ended up going to Kentucky, Zaire Williams, who went to Stanford, uh, and a couple others. And he was the star of that game. He had 30 points uh, to win that game. And if you remember, in his junior year, he had a huge dunk in one of his games that ended up number one on SportsCenter. So Dominic Harris was a highly touted freshman, uh, and had that recruiting class that he got together with him and Julian Strother and Jalen Suggs, that recruiting class has set in motion for more and more elite talent to come to Spokane. And Dominic Harris and his family were a huge reason why. He helped commit Julian Strother, who committed about a year after Harris did. The two of them helped get Jalen Suggs, who committed two years after Harris did. And now Chet Holmgren has committed three years after all four of them were at Craziness in the Kennel together a couple years back. I think it was in 2019. And now all four of them will be in a Gonzaga uniform. Of course, not all of them will be playing together. Jalen Suggs is off to the NBA, but they'll still get Harris, Strother, and Holmgren together on the roster next season, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. Dominic Harris spent a lot of his freshman year kind of developing behind the scenes. And in any other season... Dom absolutely would have been playing heavy minutes uh, for Gonzaga, but he was probably the biggest casualty when it came to minutes once Andrew Nemhard got eligible right as the season was starting. So with Nemhard and Suggs and Aaron Cook and Joel Ayayi kind of all ahead of him on the depth chart, it was a lot harder for him to carve out a role. But the staff obviously has high hopes for him because he played – in the first half against Kansas in the opening game of the season. And then he kind of got hit with the COVID quarantine. He missed two games. But then he played in the first half again against Iowa. So the staff knows kind of what they have in Dom, which is a combo guard who, when he is really on, and he can shoot the ball at a really high clip, and he can defend at a really high level. What I saw from Dom is someone who has a really good feel for the game when he gets consistent minutes. It's really hard kind of to judge players when they only get three to four minutes at the end of a game, typically with more kind of end of the bench guys. But almost every single time Dominic Harris was on the court for, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes in a game and played with rotation players, he made an impact. When he played 20 minutes against Dixie State, he had 8 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. In 12 minutes against Pacific, he had 11 points, 3 rebounds, and an assist. 17 minutes against Northern Arizona, he had 12 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, got to the free throw line 9 times. Game against Northwestern State, he had 10 points and 2 assists. Overall, he finished the season shooting 40% from deep, 71% from the free throw line. He is going to be an explosive guard next year when he gets consistent minutes. I think he's got a little bit of Zach Norvell in him where he could start the game a little bit slow and then all of a sudden he scores 12 points in three minutes and just carries the team. Um, And he may, on the other side of the ball, he may end up being their best perimeter defender. With Suggs gone and Ayayi gone, Kispert's gone, Aaron Cook, with all likelihood, is probably going to be gone. Like With all of those guys gone, they need players to step up and defend. Harris has the size, he's got the quickness, and he's got the ability to be that lockdown defender. He also has the ability 
to take some of that three-point shooting left behind by those departing players. Like I said, this year he shot 40% in his limited minutes, but he was also a really good shooter in high school. And with the roster that Gonzaga has and the weapons that are going to be on the court, he's going to get a lot of good open looks. Uh, and so if he can be a you know 38 to 40% three-point shooter, that's going to be massive next year. I think one of the things that's going to be really interesting is to see if he ends up in the starting lineup on game one next season. Andrew Nemhard, Chet Holmgren, and Drew Timmy are pretty much locked in as three of the five starters, which leaves two open spots for Harris, Julian Strother, Anton Watson, and Hunter Salas. Realistically, you could throw any of those two guys in there, and I would not argue with you. I think it's very, very possible that they start Harris and Salas both and play three guards with Chet and Timmy. But if they only start one of them and they use either Strother or Watson at the wing, I think Harris may have a slight edge on Salas just because he's been in the program for a year. Salas is an incredible athlete, uh, but I think he's a little bit more raw, not as polished as Jalen Suggs was coming in. So if I were a betting man right now, I would say Dominic Harris probably ends up starting one way or the other. Whatever the case is, he's going to play 20-plus minutes a night every night, and he's going to be a huge factor on this team. It would not shock me if he led the team in three-pointers made. It would not shock me if he ends up leading the team in steals either. Um, I think he's due for a huge sophomore year, and I think he's going to be in for a massive junior year, um, and him and Strother are going to carry that team in two years. After committing in 2018, like I said, finally, All of us get to see what Dominic Harris can be as a massive contributor on the court in a Zags uniform, and I can't wait to see what he does. All right, coming up, we're going to finish the show talking about Kaylin Trong. The sister to Kaylee Trong uh, had some struggles this year. She was a knockdown three-point shooter as a freshman, struggled from beyond the arc as a sophomore, and so we'll see what is in store for her as a junior. As I said yesterday, Gonzaga, now the favorite to win the national championship. And if you want a place to bet on that, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, they're all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Football fans, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening right now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Okay, we finished the show today with Kaylin Trong, who is one of the more interesting case studies on the Gonzaga women's team this year. So as a freshman, uh, she averaged 14 minutes a game. As a sophomore, she averaged 17 minutes a game. So more or less, 
Her minutes were the same, but her role was completely different. Last year, she was strictly in off guard where she could kind of just be the shooting guard, catch and shoot kind of player. Shot 44% from deep. This year, as a sophomore, she was hoisted into the backup point guard role because they did not have another reliable backup point guard on the roster. Last year, they had Jesse Luetta as the starting point guard, Kay Lee Trong as the backup point guard, so Kay Lynn got to play off the ball. This year, with Jesse Luetta gone, Kay Lee Trong moved into the starting role. They didn't have a reliable backup, so they ended up using Kay Lynn Trong as that backup uh, point guard, uh, getting a lot of those lead guard duty minutes, and so... She was a good distributor. Uh, she was second on the team in assists, basically doubled her assists from a year ago. But her efficiency scoring-wise dipped dramatically. She went from a 44% three-point shooter to a 33% three-point shooter. Um, and so the question kind of is for next season, it's like, A, is she going to continue to be in that backup point guard duties or can they find somebody else who's a little bit more efficient um and then b if she does stay in those backup point guard duties can she find a way to increase her scoring uh, because clearly the the change in role affected the her ability uh to score the basketball at least efficiently um this season so It'll be interesting to see how they utilize her next year. She's obviously a, a huge piece to this team. She's going to average 15 to 20 minutes regardless of what happens, which role she has. Both her and the coaching staff have to figure out a way to kind of utilize her strengths the best and get that three-point percentage and that uh, you know overall field goal percentage um, back into the you know high 30s and 40% as opposed to the, the low and mid-30s, which it dipped this season. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about forwards. Drew Timmy on the men's side. Yvonne Ejim on the women's side. Both of them, I think, could very easily be the leading scorers on their uh, respective rosters next year. So I'm going to discuss Timmy's rise to, I mean, basically superstardom and how I think Yvonne Ejim is basically on that same path and she is going to be in line to be the next great Gonzaga forward. Don't forget you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review with your Gonzaga story. Why do you love Gonzaga? What does Gonzaga mean to you? I will read them Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story, or if you have a question, you feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.